1: August twenty second. I'm Matt Harmon. Welcome to Eckler's Edge presented by Toyota. It's a, hell of a day to talk ball. Man, and joining me to do just that is Chargers running back Austin Eckler. Austin, what's going on, buddy? Uh, a lot of weather-based things happening in your neck of the woods. You uh, know, I'm glad I'm out of there for hurricane slash earthquake season, buddy. I hope you and, and everybody is uh, is holding up uh, all right over there. Yo,
0: what what is going on in California right now? what i don't know what's happening out here um you know we Obviously, you know, we have our beautiful sunny weather that you know, Matt, and now all of a sudden they're talking about hurricanes. First of all, I didn't even know you can get hurricanes on this coast. You know, I thought that was an East Coast thing, um, you know, over on your side now. But um, I'm like, what is going on? And so, I mean, we haven't, up where I'm at, haven't had anything crazy besides rain for the last 24 hours, which is actually crazy. Um, And just, I feel like our infrastructure isn't the best right now for rain because we don't get that much usually. And then, all of a sudden, I'm sitting with, um, you know, Joshua Kelly before the game um, that we had the other day, and all of a sudden, the building is moving, and I look up, and I'm like, and Josh looks up, I'm like, bro, did you just feel that? And. He- yeah, sure enough, the building was moving because there was a flipping earthquake going on. So we're, we're experiencing all of Mother Nature's wrath right now um, out here in, in California. And so uh, it's it's been very interesting. But, um, you know, I hope we're going to be okay. I hope it's not a sign for something crazy. Maybe it means the storm is coming out in L.A. Eckler's coming through with his bowl prediction, going to score 30 <laughs> touchdowns. It's coming. <laughs> it's a good omen. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if you, uh, but you, yeah, you score we're, we're it all right.
1: you, you lead the NFL in touchdown three years in a row, uh, I think that is like a potential cataclysmic event. So maybe this is Mother <laughs> Nature sort of uh, like maybe pushing back against you. You've got yet another obstacle here to overcome it's a It's the damn weather, buddy. It's a lot going on there.
0: Okay, we'll take it all. But hey, storm's coming either way um, with, with my touchdowns yeah, coming through this year. So I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for this episode as well, man.
1: Yeah, we've got a jam-packed episode. Listen, if you're new to the show, Austin's here with us weekly on the podcast, which is awesome. He's going to be weekly here during the regular season. It's going to be fantastic. We're combining Austin's unique status as an elite NFL and fantasy player and me. You know, this is all I do. This is all I think about. And that's why this is going to be a kick-ass show all year long. But the great part about this show, especially this year, it's a community-based show. The Ask Austin Mailbag is back and better than ever. And we ask for your bold predictions. <sighs> You people delivered. Okay, we have a ton of bold predictions to get to later on in the show. But before we do that, a couple of things to check in on here. Uh, Number one, Austin, we're going to be checking in on these running backs all year long. You know, JT's got his situation out there in Indianapolis. We know that Josh Jacobs has his situation going on with the Las Vegas Raiders. we got a little bit of news that broke this morning. According to the Las Vegas Reviews, the Review Journals, Vincent... I hope I'm saying that correctly. Jacobs is expected to be back with the Raiders ahead of their week one matchup against the Denver Broncos. We know that Josh is coming off a career year last year. He was kind of, I mean, one of the few reasons the Raiders were watchable last year. To be honest, there wasn't a lot of good things going on in Las Vegas. They didn't have the season they were expecting, but Josh had a better season than they were expecting when they didn't give him the fifth year option. Now he's playing on the franchise tag this year. So I don't know, what are your expectations for a guy in Josh Jacobs who you've seen a ton of the last few years?
0: Yeah, uh, just just first on the situation, you know, running backs when we just – players in general, when we get to this contract situation, um, you know, it kind of muddies the water as far as what we're really trying to do. We really want to go out there and play football. That's why we're here. That's what we love, but obviously we want to do it on terms that are agreeable between both parties. And so when you have these things come up, you know, with the running backs and I want to get too into the weeds with it, but everyone has their own scenario that they have to go through and you as in your team have to decide, you know, how, how hard we want to fight for this and what's the right strategy to go about that. So obviously Josh has not been in training camp, um, um, you know, will he sit out the year? Will he not? We, we will see. Time will eventually tell. Um, but I know one thing it, it's tough to get years back. Um, and mm-hmm. so if you do sit out, it, it's tough, right? You know, it's, it is, it's, it's, it sucks because it is a powerful way to, you know, make, bring, the, the ownership to the table uh, but you also lose just that valuable time of being on the field so it's a give and take uh, for both for the for the um, organization and for Josh uh, so I'm hoping yeah I'm hoping to see him back on the field because I'm excited about this guy man um, the dude is explosive you know he runs with just conviction and just energy and just angry and running through guys and just continues to make highlight reels and for us as running backs we need that we need guys like that to go out there and set the tone and be like hey this is the standard of running that you know is is uh, at hand here and so for us as runners like we feed off of each other's success because it continues to push the bar um and we're all unique too because josh jacobs he's you know he's a little thicker than i am you know he's his is able to do stuff that you know i can't do um, but it's what makes this league exciting Exciting. You know, it's mm-hmm. like when we have guys like Josh Jacobs that go out there. So I have high expectations for him. Uh, I think he's going to be the pivotal part of, of that offense again, um, going out there. And, and, you know, I'm excited to see him play. I think, he, he, you know, he's going to be one of those down in the red zone. They're going to rely on him. Um, you know, they lost some of their key guys that they had over the past few years. And uh, he's one of the ones that's still around. And so he's something that that organization knows that, hey, we can rely, depend on this guy. And when, when the organization knows you can depend on this guy, guess what? He's going to end up Getting the ball um, a hell of a lot more than some of these other guys that they're trying out, um, so i expect big things when he's back in the building. If he's back in the building, um, but I'm excited for him either way.
1: Me too. I expect big things as well. And they were really him and him and Devonte Adams, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams last year were sort of like the perfect marriage for that offense. And again, I, I know this is the immediate push, pushback from people is going to be, well, the Raiders weren't a very good team last year despite all this. But there were a lot of there were other things going wrong with the Las Vegas Raiders. It was not Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams and. But when you have an elite number one receiver out there like that, that you need to dedicate coverage towards, you need to kind of know where he is at all times. And he's not a guy that they just stuck out on the outside, right? He's a guy that they moved around a little bit. They did a better job about that than even maybe I expected last year with Josh McDaniels and the boys calling plays. but you've got a receiver like that that you need to dedicate extra attention to, but you've got a running back who, if you leave him light boxes, he's going to average, you know, four plus 4.5, five yards of carry. He's going to make those explosive runs. So it puts your defense in a bind. And I don't think he's a guy that I think they thought, I think maybe the Raiders thought, you know what? We don't have to be, you know, kind of dedicated to Josh Jacobs. We'll just bring in some of our own guys. And then it comes out that he's their, one of their best players, one of the most important players last year. So I, I think if he's out there and if he's on the field, simply just because of that. And you know, they have a new quarterback too. that Jimmy Garoppolo has relied a lot on play action throws uh, during his time in the NFL. Having Jacobs back there is going to make, uh, I think everybody's life a little bit easier.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. So that's why I should pay the man and uh, <laughs> keep him on the field.
1: A hundred percent. Hey, you mentioned prior to the earth or right after the earthquake, you know, in the middle of this massive storm, you guys have a preseason game and I kind of wanted to get your quick thoughts on how things went overall, especially the young running backs behind you. Um, this is a group that you have had your eye on for a long time. Obviously they're on your team, but you've said consistently over the last few years that you want a second fiddle there. And this is probably among the questions that I get asked about you. And people ask me about you all the time, Austin, certain things like, well, how do you think Austin's going to do this year? What this, that, this? the other, the number one question though, is who does Austin like as his backup? Like who does Austin like as, as the RB two in that offense, right? And uh, against the Rams in your first preseason game, the running backs kind of went crazy. 173 yards. uh, They managed 57 yards on 15 carries against the saints, you know, second team defense, whatever, but that's going to be a pretty good defense this year uh, in the new Orleans saints. But my question to you, just between Josh Kelly, who you mentioned, you've talked about Kelly on the show, definitely a few times last year, Elijah Dotson, who, who made a, bit bit bigger of impression in that first preseason game and then Isaiah Spiller in his second year. How are these guys kind of filing in the depth chart behind you?
0: Yeah, um, what I like to say is, you know, everyone has to earn reps. Um, that's, that's how this league works. You have to earn reps. And I don't care if you're a first-round pick coming in, if you're undrafted, you're, you are going to get an opportunity to earn reps. And that's just not on offense, defense. That's on special teams as well. And so during preseason, during training camp, what do we want to see? What, do I, what did I do that you know, kind of set me apart? And that's we want to mm-hmm. see potential. Um, we know when you're a young player. Or even when you're, you're fighting for a spot, you're not always going to have, right, the best team to work with. You're not always going to be with the number one team. So there's a little bit of gray area of, okay, like, okay, can he continue to do this? But you want to see burst of potential. Um, and so going through this preseason game with, with Joshua Kelly, Isaiah Spiller, and Elijah Dotson, who's kind of been making a splash here, um, you want to see that. And I think we have from, from all of our guys, which is which is a good thing, it means we have a competitive room. You know, you, you mentioned Elijah that first game. He had a couple good runs. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, he's got to continue to to do that and then also can he continue to contribute on special teams um Joshua Kelly he's always been consistent right runs hard right knows where to go you know veteran player going into year four now um so he's someone that we've been able to rely on and he has to show that he can continue to be that. Um, Isaiah Spiller coming into his second year showed a couple flashes, had a pretty good run yesterday. And so it's like, that's what you want to see. And now it's like, okay, who is the most valuable in the most type of this situation? Okay. Cause we only have so many spots that are going to be up on game day, you know, it's like, okay, who can contribute on special teams? Who's consistent right at the running back position as well. And so there's this, there's a system of, okay, what type of value can you add to the team? Um, and I remember, what separated me my rookie year was that i was going to be a predominant special teams player and because of that i moved up to number three from sixth string um it was Mm -hmm. like well he can play a lot of special teams and so you know he's going to add value to the team and they started you know translating into some offensive reps here and there as well which continued to snowball for me and so there's this formula and so who do i like um whoever's earning reps and so for me i I can't make that decision um and the reason is because they're like they're like right here uh, i would say yeah. you know elijah's got a lot to learn he's a rookie still but as far as uh, isaiah spiller and joshua kelly joshua's been around uh for a little bit longer and has been more reliable because he's had more time to show that um isaiah's coming up you know he was a fourth round pick i believe um so yep. we, they have some investment in him so there's a big expectation expectations for him um so out of those two they're really duking it out right now like it's it's a battle like Isaiah Isaiah is is right now behind Joshua Kelly on the depth chart, so he's got to make you know more plays to continue to show that hey i should be that number two spot or i should be able to not even be the number two but earn more reps because even as a number three i still think you're going to see the field i know you'll see the field but it's like how how much will you see the field and then as you're getting those opportunities that's where you kind of see this flow and so you know when you have split backfields that's what it's like okay who who's better in this game right now because that person might get more reps i remember with melvin gordon we'd split sometimes and then sometimes i'd be doing well and so i'd stay in the game longer sometimes he'd be doing well so he'd stay in the Game longer. So, as time goes on, we'll see who gets to earn more reps. But I'm excited for this competition. And shoot, I tell these guys every single year, like, hey, you're coming for my job. And if you're not coming for my job, then we don't want you in this room. Like, try to take my job. And it's my job to not lose my job and continue to be the number one guy out here. And so we want it to be competitive. And so it's been great. It's been great so far. And I'm looking forward to you know how it kind of plays out throughout this season.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like you said, uh, talking about Brees Hall last week, and and how you felt when Melvin Gordon was kind of really giving them another, you know, that second dimension, you were maybe given the second dimension to Melvin Gordon. You're like, who I feel great after games, right? And and I know working, working on this show with you last year, there were some times you're like, damn, I don't feel so good, you know, after these games, right? Cause you're having to deal with all that work and it would be great. I know for you personally, but also just in general, if there was some clarity and there was a guy that. Maybe it was taking a little bit of that load. look. Look, uh, the fantasy players don't want you off the field very often. I shoot, I can remember the first three weeks of last year, there was a lot of panic about Austin maybe not being on the field a ton. You know, is he getting taken off the field in red zone situations? You getting taken off the field in pass game situations? That wasn't necessarily the most enjoyable experience because people are like, hey, ask Austin about this. Like, yeah, let me let me definitely yeah, uh, go yeah. ahead and, <laughs> and, and do that. But um, I, I think having that second dimension from one of these guys would probably benefit the offense overall too.
0: For sure, because let me say this, you know, fantasy people, they want you on the field all the time, but even more so, they want you on the field in December, you know, mm. in November. That's when you want people on the field. Sure, you know, you can win a couple games up front, but if you're not even making it, your guys are making it all the way, then it's tough. So uh, you got to understand there's a balance to this, right, to risk management. Um, so you need you need someone, even your your number one pick, to be getting some type of balance so they're not you know, running to the ground because no human... Uh, um, well, I shouldn't say no human. It's there's very few humans that can play every single snap um, of an NFL season um, over time, um, and so it's yeah, you need you need that balance. Um, talking about skill positions, anyway,
1: even situationally too, right? Where again, there's a time and place where we do want you on the field from a fantasy perspective. Every like. Red zone. We we want Austin fresh enough so that the coaches are like, listen, we can put him on every damn red zone play. We can put him out on every passing play where he's an option to run a route and catch a ball and, mm-hmm. and you know, people love those catches, right? And stuff like that. So the two minute situations where we saw a lot last year, you know, you were getting those check down passes and stuff like that. So if one of these guys like takes some grinder carries off of Austin's uh, you know, plate, uh, maybe the first and ten at the 35 yard line or so, the, his, right. the chargers 35 yard line. Like that's not so bad. So it, today, it, honestly, I tell people all the time, if they are, if you're sitting here in 2023 and complaining about like a second running back being involved you're you're playing the wrong game man because like every running back every running back's getting like a breather at some point otherwise yeah there's a risk of injury so that's that's right
0: and should we get tired out there man (laughs) (laughs) as much energy as we possibly can to run forward right and there's people doing the exact opposite trying to make us go backwards so um you know we actually yeah do exert some energy and that need a rest so uh, believe it or not yeah we're not uh we're not robots
1: (laughs) football Kind of a hard game, kind of a physically demanding (laughs) game. Uh, Let's stick on the Chargers here. Just one more second. All right, Austin, we are teaming up with Toyota Racing for the month of August. We want to go under the hood of training camp and dive into what it takes to get ready for the NFL season. Listen, every Chargers fan and certainly everybody in the fantasy football community is intrigued by Chargers first round rookie wide receiver, Quinton Johnston. Is he the next in line to be the next Chargers great wide receiver? Rookies in general, Austin have been big for fantasy football the last two, three years, right? We've had some make like breakout rookies come on the scene. Um, sometimes from day one, like Jamar Chase, these guys are good and they're just, they're, they're rolling right away. Other guys, like I can think of Amon Ross St. Brown, who was, picked way later in the draft, but he finished out his rookie year and was truly like a league winner, but it took a little while to get there. And some of these guys, it takes a little while to get there. So I do want to talk about Quinton specifically and what you've seen from him, but just overall, what, what's the biggest adjustment for rookie wide receivers in the NFL and, and sort of for you, what are you looking for with these guys for, to see that they, they get it and can be an impact player?
0: Yeah, th- no, this is a great topic. I, I love this. Um, shout out to, to Toyota um, for this segment. But um, for me, it, it the biggest thing um, that. Rookies have to experience when they come into the league. Um, there's a couple things actually, but the biggest thing is the mental dump. Um, you are about to get hit with not only the offense, right? As an offensive player, here's all the plays, but then there's all these intricacies that go into these plays that you can't necessarily teach in the film room. That you have to kind of mm-hmm. get some spatial awareness out there on the field of you know how how I tempo this run. Do I just run full speed? Do I run half speed? You know, do I sit in the zone? Where am I open at in zones, right? And man, what kind of leverage? Like all these different little things that you have to build on. And so when you're a rookie and you're competing against other guys like myself, if you're a rookie running back coming into my room, I've been playing, I'm going into year seven. And so- my mental capacity and understanding of the game is a lot different than what yours is. And you're not going to learn all that stuff by just going and sitting in the film room and watching plays and learning what the playbook is. And so as a rookie, you think that's what it's going to be and you're going to get out there and you're going to do all right, right? That's the expectation. But then you get out there and you start going through these what we call rookie mistakes, where it's like, you know, with Keenan even... I was listening to him talk to Quentin on the sideline yesterday and Quentin, I can tell he's starting to understand it. He's like, man, if I were to take two steps more inside, it was like some type of zone uh, coverage and he was just not in the, the window where he should have been. He was too close to the defender. It's like if I would have been two more steps inside, like I would I would have gave him a throw. And so like things like that where he ran the right route, but he just needed to be a little bit over to the right or over, over to the left or a little bit lower or higher. Um, and so there's these little things that all these rookies are going to go through. And it, it takes a lot of mental discipline because... If you're not focused on those things, you're gonna get weeded out. You're gonna. It's gonna take longer for you, and you're not gonna be trusted on the field because you got guys that are three, four, five, six, seven. Keenan's going to you like eleven. Who's gonna do it like? it's the back of his hand. Um, And so those are the things that rookies have to go through and how fast they can get through those and pick up on those. There's things that like in man coverage, sure it's man, like everyone can play man, but sitting in zones, right? Knowing the tempo, knowing the understanding of the, of the timing with the quarterback and when he needs you to be open. It's not right away sometimes, right? He's got to go through his progression. So if you're last in the progression, you need to be a little bit slower as far as getting to your spot. Um, If you're first in the progression, he needs you right now. And so, things that nobody's thinking of that us as players, right? We sit there. That's why we practice so much all day. We're talking about these things. That's why we practice. We're doing walkthroughs. You know, we're doing hours of meetings to go through this stuff. And so depending on how, how quick you can get going with it, it's great but also if you're a rookie and you're especially you know a high draft pick you probably have those skills or showed those skills in in uh, in college that you have the capacity to do it but you have to now link it with the mental uh, part because in the in the professional game that's what it comes down to like the physical attributes from a lot of the college players are very similar to NFL players however it's the mental part that really separates people um, and you know it when you can combine those that's when when magic happens and you see some of these rookie breakouts um, I think it's very very rare that someone just so good that it doesn't matter they can even make mistakes and still get by. It's like there's got to be a combination of being able to understand the game and also play the game at the same time.
1: That man coverage versus zone coverage distinction is really important too uh, for a couple different reasons. One, yeah, I mean, look, it's you're still going to play against guys who are more mentally advanced at you that have seen more stuff in man coverage. But it, you know, you're still just trying to get open against this man, yeah. right? And I'm, I'm simplifying it, but but still. The zone coverage part of it, too. I think people forget this, and I talk, talked a lot about this during draft season with some of these rookie wide receivers. The field is literally different in college football. The hash, yeah. marks, the hash marks are literally different in college football to the point that some of these guys are coming from offenses that you just, just cannot run that in, in, mm-hmm. in the pro game. You can't run those route concepts in the pro game. And I think with zone coverage, that can be tough, too, because the field is just so much more spread out. Those zones tighten up in the NFL to the point that, yeah, you – in college, you might've taken three steps and you're probably open on, on slant route, whatever, something like that, but it's not going to be that way in the NFL. So that takes a little bit of time. I think even with Quinton specifically that coming from a, a big, tw- the big 12, right. That conference down there in college football, is just a different, different setup than it is in the NFL. And I think true too, like, he's a guy that can beat man coverage. You see that when you're watching him uh, from a collegiate perspective, like in his reception perception profile, he was really good against man coverage, but some of that zone coverage stuff was probably the weaker part of his game. I think if you're breaking it down between the two coverages, so having a guy like Keenan Allen to learn from, I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty big advantage for Quinton Johnson too. So I've said that he could be a guy and maybe you can heat check me on this, but, Maybe we don't see his best stuff in the first three, four weeks of the season, but maybe by the end of the year, he's really rolling. And I even think there was a big jump, Austin, honestly, between preseason week one, where he had a couple, you know, had a couple drops, maybe wasn't in the right spot where he could have been. He maybe mistimed his hands, which was an issue in college too. But then you see him run a great dig route uh, against the saints. And, and I think you see like that potential for him to be a very explosive route runner who can beat man coverage, which I think would really help the offense overall.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He's he's shown even in training camp, like he has the tools in the toolbox. Now, can he effectively use those? You know, and how effectively will determine you know the ceiling of of his uh, progression. So I'm looking forward to having him for sure. I, we got a whole basketball team out there, um, yeah. and then we got me. Um uh, it's, it's it's awesome. So <laughs> I'm looking forward, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, he's kind of similar to a guy in Brandon Ayuk, who I love. By the way, I'm a huge Brandon Ayuk fan, and like right now he's probably like one of the top seven route runners in the NFL period. That's my, maybe that's a bold prediction, but that's the way I feel about it. I love that guy's game. Uh, But he took a, took a little bit to the point that he was even in the doghouse at one point in his second season. And now he like leads the team and leads the 49ers in receptions in his third season. So sometimes it takes a minute with these guys, uh, even if they have the skills to beat man coverage. So um, I'm excited to watch this offense this year. I am excited about that entire segment. Austin. That was great. Thanks for going under the hood with us, Austin. And thanks again to our friends at Toyota Racing. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we continue convictions week on the podcast and dive into the Ask Austin mailbag and react to your boldest fantasy predictions for 2023.
0: Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts.
1: All right. Welcome back. Eckler's Edge is all about community and no segment demonstrates that this season better than the Ask Austin mailbag. It's convictions week on the podcast, Austin. So we asked our listeners for some bold predictions after you were so offended by my bold prediction uh last last i, again, I was
0: not offended
1: no that was that bro that was me giving you a, a lesson in content like you, you know that's like that's how you do a bold prediction man if you don't get the reaction yeah. like a little jaw drop you, you gotta you gotta think about maybe was that right. prediction bold enough? you're right so, you're uh,
0: right listen you, you gave know, a true uh, bold
1: prediction yeah. You, you know more about like how to run an outside zone run scheme than I do. I know a little bit more about like how to do a bold prediction, but you'll get there, man. You're, you're true. Sure. Hey, look, I'm a rookie in this game, you know, compared to you anyway. I wouldn't say rookie, but you're still, you know, you figure, you're figuring this thing out, I'm still but you're young gonna... in my, in my yeah.
0: media career compared to Matt Harmon. Let's just say that,
1: you know, Yo, 10 years from now, you're going to be dropping heaters, heaters of bold predictions. And, uh, <laughs> let's get a little, let's get a little, uh, prep from the people here. The email Ask Austin at yahoosports.com. We asked you to send in your emails and your voice memos. We got two voice memos that got bumped to the top. This first one here, pretty spicy, from Andrew M, who had this bold prediction for the season.) Hey, man, Austin. My bold prediction for this upcoming fantasy season is that Dalton Kincaid is going to finish as a top 15 wide receiver in full and half point PPR. Rookie tight ends tend to have their work cut out for them because they are essentially learning two positions. They're learning to be a part of the offensive line as well as learning how to be a receiver. But Kincaid is going into a great situation. The Bills already have a quality NFL tight end so in Dawson Knox and he can take care of all the you know blocking they really need to unlock that offense a really solid receiving option second receiving option to digs and I think Kincaid is going to be that top 15 wide receiver Dalton Kincaid best rookie tight end season uh, in the history of the game call on it here Okay, Austin. So there's a couple things going on here. One, like Dalton Kincaid is a tight end, but he's kind of calling him a wide receiver. The Bills have joked that they're going to be running. I don't even know if it's a joke. that They're going to be running 11 and a half personnel, which is two tight ends. But Dalton Kincaid is basically going to be a slot receiver. Rookie tight ends typically take a little bit of time to get their feet wet, right? We've seen that be a slow developing position, even more so than what we're talking about with wide receivers at the top of the show. So this is a bold prediction. Yeah, and they're really setting the bar high for best rookie tight end season ever. (laughs) Well, I mean, just
0: tight ends in general, uh, I feel like, you know, the current landscape of tight ends right you had kind of like this cream of the top and then you know it's like okay tight ends are tight ends you know like they're gonna block they'll catch a couple balls here and there every once in a while maybe catch a touchdown um and so this is yes starting out hot with the bold predictions you know having a tight end receive uh, compared in the receiver category top 15 think of the best 15 receivers that you can think of and now you th- try to think of uh of, of Kincaid in there it's like that's bold. Um, I can see where he's going with the the targets. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're looking for a number two over there. But even as a number two, a number two receiver in the top fifteen is is a crazy prediction itself.
1: Um, so we just we just talked about Brandon Ayuk uh, earlier. He was the wide receiver fifteen in half PPR scoring last year, and he caught seventy eight balls for one thousand fifteen yards and eight touchdowns. I, I will be. I will, my, my eyebrows and my beard will blow off my face if Dalton Kincaid, who can have an awesome rookie season, but right. if he gets 1,000 yards and and if he gets, he goes over 1,000 yards and catches 78 balls and eight touchdowns, that will be pretty <laughs> aggressive.
0: Oh man, yes, great. great, great bold prediction there. That was great. That,
1: that's a good one, that's a good one, like that. All right, we got another voicemail here. This one comes in from Zach D. Hey Matt and Austin, huge fan of the show. Austin, huge fan of yours since your 2018 run. My hot take is that, K-9. Kenneth Walker ends up as a top five running back this year for the Seattle Seahawks. Everyone's already treating him as if he's this long-running veteran. It's only been his rookie year. You can't base a lot of the stats and everything that he's done off of one year and not expect any growth. I'm a big Charbonnet fan too, but I think there's a lot left in Kenneth Walker's run. He looked so good last year, and a lot of his plays where he lost yardage were a lot of offensive line breakdown issues. So, Kenneth Walker, top five running back, book it. Austin, Kenneth Walker was really good as a rookie. They drafted a guy in Zach Charbonnet in the second round. You know, Walker is somebody who's dealt with injuries before, uh, both especially last year. He's actually dealt with an injury in training camp this year. I think part of the reason they bring in Zach Charbonnet is uh, to maybe take some of that load off him, like we've been talking about here, right? Walker was a little bit of a boom and bust runner in his rookie season. Maybe that's where he gets, he's going to go into that O-line breakdown issue. I don't know. I, I, this is definitely a bold prediction. I'd be pretty surprised if he's a top five running back.
0: Yeah. um, Yeah, definitely a stud. Um, But yeah, but now yeah, he's going to be, I think he's going to be competing with, for carries too, with, with the guy that is drafted as well. Um, But not saying that he, I mean, he's definitely the number one, and from what I've seen right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's the potential. There's always the potential. If you're that number one spot, you have the eyes, you have the opportunity to right establish yourself as like, hey, okay, this is my time. Um, and as we've been talking, like, it does take time to develop the growth between those first few years in the league is pretty substantial as far as understanding the game, how to be a pro. So. Yeah, it's, it's definitely bold prediction, but, you know, he's got that, that potential and that upside that could potentially take him there. Um, cause, you know, like even use me as an example, you know, in my first three years, I'm more of a special teams backup type of guy, you know, and think of the, the jumps that I've continued to make throughout my career. So I'm not saying it can't be done, but it's definitely bold.
1: It is definitely bold. I think he has the talent to do it. My question is just like number one, again, Charbonnet, who I think is a good back to like a, he's, he's a grinder for sure. I, I really like that guy's game coming out of UCLA. Uh, he flashed in the first preseason game. That's tough for him to be top five running back. And we also know they're going to have three, 1000 yard receivers and Gino's going to win the MVP. Uh, so they yes. <laughs> yeah. also having a top five running back on top of that is going to be tough.
0: <laughs> if, if they get that done, then, uh, you know, you know, we might see them in the, at the end of February. Sheesh.
1: That would be pretty. Hey, listen, that would be pretty exciting. All right. Next one here comes into the email from Lee V. He predicts that Anthony Richardson will hit 3000 passing yards and over 15 passing touchdowns this season. Lee brings up that Richardson, the rookie quarterback from the Indianapolis Colts, had no one to throw to at Florida, unlike Kyle Trask. I mean, Kyle Trask catching a stray here who had Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony. I get it. Two first round picks. Maybe you haven't lived up to to their potential in the NFL just yet. But I mean, this sounds like it's not bold. Oh boy. 3000 passing yards and 15 over 15 touchdowns, you know, BFD, uh, in terms of a bold prediction here, but people are treating Anthony Richardson. Like he's only going to run. Um, I am curious your, your experience with like rushing quarterbacks, maybe even rookie quarterbacks. Like you played with Justin Herbert in his rookie year. How long does it take these guys to sort of get up to speed? And, and a run first guy is, is saying like 3000 yards, even that big of a big of a deal.
0: I mean, maybe three thousand all-purpose yards for sure. Um, I think that was, that would easily be uh, achievable. Yeah, and if you have a run-first guy, you know we've seen some of those throughout the years, um, and sometimes it plays out when you got like a guy like uh, out in the with the Eagles,
1: mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts. Yep. You
0: know, like this guy can run, um, you know, but then you have, you know, Justin Fields, uh, another run guy. And so it's like you can open yourself up by being athletic as a, as a quarterback. And that can definitely help your uh, your passing game, but also it can help your offense in general. But also it's a little bit risky, too, just as far as, um, you know, you have your quarterback who's not used to taking hits running down the field. So that has to play a factor into it as well. We've seen guys like that. Like I remember like Colin Kaepernick running around all over the place, um, you know. But as far as the yardage, it's not like anything crazy. I mean, it's solid. I would say rookie season. Absolutely. I don't know. Something about the run first quarterbacks. Um, They don't really get me excited um, unless you've proven yourself because just, I feel like the, the run first where it's like, hell, hey, nothing's open. Oh, I'm running around. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It just annoys me. i like, throw the damn ball. <laughs> you know I Maybe mean? because I'm a running back and I want to catch I am going to say,
1: check- yeah, you want the check downs. Because historically, if like running backs who are the like think about the Eagles running backs last year, nobody produced in the passing game because you know Jalen Hurts goes first guy's not open, second second guy's not open. sometimes not even that second one. Like let me just take off because I can yeah. get seven eight yards on my own and a running back checkdown is that going to be seven eight yards? I mean not everybody's right. Austin Eckler pal, so yeah it's a I, I that, yeah. historically those aren't aren't good mixes. Maybe I'm pretty
0: biased there. Maybe throw me the damn ball and stop running yeah. around and let me run around. That's, <laughs> that's what that's I get paid to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yo, that is such a boomer take by you, like sit in the pocket and like get to your, get to your fourth, lead, which is maybe Don't sit me in the pocket, your scramble, but then throw me the ball. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So maybe it's not a total boomer take, but next one we got in here. This one's interesting. Vincent T shares this take via email. He predicts that both lions running backs, David Montgomery and rookie Jameer Gibbs will finish as top 15 running backs. This oh, come season. on. Yeah. You're already saying no. Come on.
0: Has that ever happened where two running backs on one team have finished in the top 15? I mean, I'm going to say no. It's never happened.
1: I I don't know off the top of my head. So that's me. I I would. Here's how it has to happen, though, Austin. David Montgomery has to have the exact same role as Jamal Williams last year, where he ran so pure on touchdowns. He had 17 rushing touchdowns, led the NFL he had 45 carries inside the 10 yard line. The second place guy was Joe Mixon with 29. I mean, that's an absurd wow. gap. And in a, so David Montgomery probably has to kind of have that year. Cause even with like, in terms of fantasy, Jamal Williams was running back eight. So he could do a little bit less than that, but still, but then also Jameer Gibbs has to catch like 90 balls and yeah. Maybe this is just me, but I think if Jameer Gibbs is catching 90 passes and I'm on Ross St. Brown, who we'll, we'll talk about here in a second, and I I, I love him. I think he's, he's a – I'm a big fan of his game. He's like a slot guy who's probably more in the short to intermediate areas. He could play flanker as well, but who's catching balls downfield? Like this offense is going to be this – yeah, it's not good.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, so uh, that is extremely bold, and I'm saying there's – if that happens, I will shave my eyebrows. You hear it here first. Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> that's a here You said it, it on the internet. You said it on the internet. That's a binding legal contract. Hey, I'm not
0: saying they're not going to have good season. I'm just saying top 15 in fantasy yeah. is a stretch for, you know, for two people in the same backfield.
1: That is a stretch, but now uh, we are all officially rooting for it to happen. So, uh, the, <laughs> we, we have to hear That. All right, next one here. Chase R sends in this email. He has the second pick in his draft, and he's planning on taking the touchdown king, Austin Eckler himself. His Good bold pick. prediction is that James Cook will finish as a top five fantasy running back this year, and I like this bold prediction, Austin. Um, you know, we, we don't. He's got a second part to his email. We'll get to that in a second, but. I actually really like James cook as a breakout running back. Uh, it sounds like he's at a great camp. He's going to be the, I think people are kind of f- forgetting about James cook. Who's going to have access to all this passing down work that we're talking about is valuable for fantasy backs. And two, like Damien Harris has not really stepped up. Uh, you know, Latavius Murray is a veteran, a good player, but he's, he's probably more of a depth guy at this point. Like James cook is attached to the freaking bills offense, which even though it kind of struggled last year, struggled in like quotation marks. There was the second most efficient offense in the NFL. So pretty good setup for James cook. I like that bold prediction.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I kind of go back to the, you know, my Kenneth Walker, um, you know, example where it's like these guys coming into their second year, like the, the growth can be, you know, pretty substantial in those first few years. And you can really start to establish yourself as a player. So I think there's a lot of upside to this. um and could see that that happening. Absolutely.
1: Uh, yeah. It's, it's a, that's, it's a bold prediction. Like, but basically what we're telling you here is that, James Cook's pretty well set up in fantasy, so there's that. More importantly, Chase continues. He's drafting you again, as he mentioned, second overall. I'm guessing behind Justin Jefferson. Uh, And he needs help picking a team name. He gave us eight options here, and I'm going to try to read these with like a straight face. Number one, my eck, my back. I think you can if you've noticed. All right. All right. That's a good start. Uh Number two, the X. factor i don't like that one Uh, yeah that
0: that one's been used i've heard that one a lot
1: Uh, austin 316 uh austin td i don't like uh, these two are kind of played out austin city limits i mean hell of a uh, festival i've never been myself never been okay rated x that's a pretty good one i like uh x gonna give it to you another song play great stuff heard Uh, that one before yeah and then austin Powers. Uh, great film franchise of course yeah actually i tried to i tried to watch austin power summer recently and i was like i just i'm 32 years old now i guess this isn't it doesn't hit quite as much as when i was like freaking 14 but um, yeah. so any of these stand out to you as a good one
0: <laughs> so the one that i have not heard before my eck, my back <laughs> <laughs> i think that's your winner that's definitely the winner hey this is fantasy we're supposed to be having fun with it right like my i'm not yeah i yeah i'm going with that one i'm going with that one that's a good one
1: yeah yeah this is a, if, if you can't figure out why that we're we're giggling this is a family program but uh, yes. you know yes. we, it's a good it's good basically long, long and short of it chase if you're listening uh that's that's your pick there you're definitely going to do that one. Yeah. yeah all right next one here Whew, try to compose myself. Uh, Han R., who I met at the Fantasy Football Expo, great guy, by the way. And I'm not just saying that because he said, I'm obsessed with Matt Seahawks' take. I have an unhealthy amount of Geno Smith exposure. Geno Smith, the player of Eckler's Edge this year. Uh, my bold prediction for the year, I'm on Ross St. Brown, is this year's Cooper Cup and will lead the NFL in receptions and receiving yards. Love the show, guys. Appreciate you all. We appreciate you, not just because yes. you like my Seahawks take, but just in general, we appreciate you. Um, Hey, I'm on Ross St. Brown. I've actually been calling this guy Bud Light Cooper Cup since he was playing at USC. So this, one, like makes, this one makes sense to me. Uh, I actually think, and look, I said that before he got drafted by a Lions team that has a bunch of former Rams guys like Brad Holmes in the front office and the former Rams quarterback and Jared Goff who started his career with Cooper Cup. I actually think of all of our bold predictions. This one is still a bold prediction. Lead the NFL in, in receptions and receiving yards. It's bold, but I actually think this is the most realistic one we have.
0: Yeah, so the, uh, there's there's a lot of hyper on the lines right now. Um which, you know, is was- not been the case for a long time so i'm kind of rooting for him honestly i'm like, okay let's go let's see let's see if you guys can can make a comeback right make a name for yourself put yourselves back on the map, make some plays um and turn the franchise in a position where people are excited again um uh, i don't think we saw a little flash of that last year um and so yeah you know if it happens great but um till then i still got to be proved because uh, i'm a little skeptical
1: i'm a little skeptical about lions hype in general but i'm not skeptical about amon Ross, and brown have you ever seen this guy's like uh, the way he interviews austin like I think you and him from it. a mo- motivation perspective actually would kind of line. This guy is like maniacal with the, he can name all the 16 receivers who went ahead of him in, in his draft year. He's like, he's, he's definitely got that underdog. Oh, mentality okay. sure. hey, this, man's, this man's on a mission. huh? <laughs> yeah. He's on mission to lead the NFL in catches and yards. Yeah. Okay. It's all good. <laughs> all right. Last one from the email line here. Andrew K. My name is Andrew, big fan of yours. I took you in the top three, any chance I could get last year and it paid off big time. It was a fun ride following Eckler's Edge last year. Shout out to Andrew for a great draft pick in Austin Eckler. My bold prediction for this year is that Alvin Kamara bounces back to have an elite season and is is a league winner. I think Derek Carr is a perfect fit to run that offense similar to how it was run back in the Drew Brees days. The biggest beneficiary is going to be Kamara who is a player that comes alive in the red zone for the Saints similar to what you do, Austin, for the Chargers. He also said it reminded him of the Josh Jacobs situation last year where people were down on him without much of a legitimate reason. I would say the legitimate reason is he's suspended for the first three weeks this season. He's not going to play in the first three weeks. That's a little tough. I also think uh, Kendra Miller, who popped last uh, when he played the Chargers, had a nice long touchdown catch down there. Um, also, they brought in Jamal Williams, who I mentioned is a proven goal line back, 17 rushing touchdowns. That's a lot of competition in the backfield to have an elite fantasy season, even if Kamara kind of recovers from a kind of a down season last year.
0: Yeah, um, obviously we know what type of player Kamara can be um, and, you know, what he went through last year with, I mean, losing your, your, you know, Hall of Famer quarterback is, you know, going to have an effect on you, Um, you know. Like, even for me, coming, you know, out of my first... um, season without Phillip you know it was, it was a tough year you know end up pulling the hamstring all that stuff but yeah it was tough yeah. like just transitioning and so now he's going to have to do it again but now he's got someone who's uh, proven themselves a little bit more obviously with Derek Carr um, and so I think that's definitely going to help his production out uh, but yeah the first three games suspension obviously sucks because um, if you do you draft him? Do you not? Is he later now? Like, he's yeah, still going to be a time. great player. Um, you know, he's still going to be out there on the field, right? Doing, you know, things that Kamara can do. Is it going to be what it used to be? I don't know, because now you're not going to get to see it right away. So the time, the time sucks um, that he's going to be missing. But um, yeah, I still think there's, there's, upside there um a bounce back I definitely think he's gonna have a, a I'm hoping for him he has a better year than he did last year um just their team in general um and I'm thinking with Derek Carr there that's definitely gonna be you know something that is is built up so um yeah another bold one because of just some other factors not necessarily his play but especially all that but uh, we'll, we'll see we'll see
1: I will say with Derek Carr he is a guy who he's not he's not scrambling right he's a Oh, first. Nope. I'm checking down. I'm checking down, which could benefit Camara uh, as he is saying. Uh, so that could be. But a lot of things going on. A lot of dudes for him to, to just not beat out, but really keep off the field when they have some guys who could give him that breather. And Kendra Miller, uh, rookie running back and Jamal Williams. We'll go rapid fire on a few of these ones we got from social media as well, just because we want to give a shout out to the social media fans before we get out of here. Uh, number one. Money sign FF. Drake London will be the highest scoring second year receiver. I love, I love this take. I'm a big Drake London fan, but he's got to beat out two really good players in Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, who Garrett Wilson, I don't know if you've heard has a new quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, who might be pretty good at football. We'll see if Desmond Ritter is that good at football. I, I, that's a big stretch. So I, I really do love Drake London, the player. So I think that's a nice bold prediction
0: for sure. For sure. I'll let you keep rapid fire through all these so we can get through them all.
1: Okay. Uh, this one, uh, This is we'll just do two more after this, but I want to throw this one at you because it's another top five running back one at RZ Digital Sports. The Texans will have a good offense, bold in and of itself, based on how they played the last couple of years. Damian Pierce will be a top five running back. Tank Dell will be their number one receiver and the best value in this draft. I'm not a Texans homer either. I think that was that was important for you to clear to clarify here. RZ Digital. Uh, Number one. Between uh, apparently Kenneth Walker is a top five back. James Cook is a top five back and Damian Pierce is a top five back. What's going to happen to the rest of you guys? That's my one question. And then number two, CJ Stroud, I I do like as a prospect, but I kind of like Nico Collins as their number one receiver there over Tank Dell.
0: Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a a few of us in the league that have established ourselves as, hey, you know, high producers that can be consistent. So the the, the term top back, um, you know, it's not just something that is easily obtainable. Um, and so some of these guys that we're talking about um, have shown a little bit of flash, absolutely. But can they continue to do it? And then can they continue to do it at a high level, an even higher level to put themselves in a position to be a top back? Um, and so that is, that is the question. Um, and, you know, all these people that we've talked about have been young, right? so it's like they've shown flash, they've shown potentials, what you want to see. So not saying they can't be, but it's saying like, which one of them is going to, I feel like there's going to be a few of these young guys that maybe pop this year. Um, is it Damian Pierce? Is it Kenneth Walker? Is it, you know, know, James Cook? I, I, I don't know. Is it any of them, you know, maybe us, you know, us veterans hold it down. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, it's another bold prediction that I can see it happening. Absolutely. You know, um, but, um, yeah, the Texans offense, yeah, they, they need some work over there, which is definitely going to, I feel like, uh, inhibit some of the success that all of that team could have. Because if if your offense is on the field, moving the ball, obviously everyone has more production. If they're not, you're three and out. Defense is playing a lot more. You have less time of possession. And so it's going to hinder, um, you know, the upside of your entire offense.
1: Yeah. Last year, top five running backs were you, Christian McCaffrey, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, and Nick Chubb, uh, all of like veteran guys that had hey the
0: best man. We're getting it done. We're getting it done.
1: (laughs) All right. Last bold prediction. I'll throw out here. This one comes from, uh, at Ryan Brownie, nine, Mac Jones throws 40 touchdowns and leads the Patriots back to first place in their division. And I bet you can't guess what team fan he had in his bio. Uh, he, he maybe a little bit of a Patriots homer there, but hey, that is a bold prediction. That's probably our boldest prediction I think so far. Even more than Austin shaves his eyebrows and like you know the Lions running backs are two top 15 guys. <laughs> no way, that is the boldest. Pre- yeah, yeah. I mean, no way. Maybe- I would say the running back one is bolder than that one. Really? Yeah. That, the AFC East is kind of crowded this year, bro. Like, there's a, they've got good teams in there. I mean, look, the Patriots are the Patriots, and Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick. But for Mac Jones to go – and it, I don't think last year was all – I don't even think last year was like 80% his fault. They had a defensive coordinator as their offensive coordinator. I don't know about Ohio, all that stuff. So <laughs> I don't know that much of it was his fault last year, but I do think that going from that second season all the way to 40 touchdowns – like, he can bounce back really good and not have 40 touchdowns, and the Patriots could be – the damn third place team in their division and have a nice bounce back season. So I don't know. Pretty bold one for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. So that's our uh, mailbag segment this week. Awesome. Bold predictions from the community for next week. Eckler's edge. We know most of you folks will be partaking in your biggest, most important drafts of the year. Many of those are going to be like your hometown leagues, your leagues that you have been in forever. Uh, Adam rank from the NFL network calls them the league of record. I believe he was the first one to coin that term. If he wasn't uh, have your lawyers uh, call his people, not me Uh, hometown leagues often have the best traditions. We know that we want to hear from you, the best traditions in your fantasy leagues. We want to know what they are. Uh, they can be how you conduct the draft, the best punishments for losers, the best rewards for champions. I mean, shoot, you know me. I want to hear about the spread that you guys have. Who's who, what's the catering going sit you on the situation on there. Anything best traditions in your fantasy league, send them into the ask Austin mailbag, send in, you know, a voice, you can send in voice memos for this, too. You can send in pictures. I know Austin has, a, has one that he's going to be bringing that somebody told him about. You can send them to me on social media. You can send them to Austin. You can send them to at Yahoo Fantasy as well. But we just want to hear about it. The email line, ask Austin at yahoo sports.com. Again, your best fantasy league tradition in your hometown leagues. But, Austin? Don't hold back. I want, to hear the, I want
0: to hear the juicy stuff. If you got a story, yes. we want to hear it. Send it in.
1: Oh yeah, league controversy. Uh, That that's fine too. I'm 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 up for some gossip. Why not? Let let's do it. But hey, Austin, that was a hell of a second episode for Equus Edge. That one was awesome. The bold predictions were absolutely on fire.
0: Yeah, those are great. Those are great. This this is a preseason right now. We're a preseason show, and so guess yeah. When we get into regular season. We're gonna be yeah uh, yeah trajectory and we got some exciting stuff coming for y'all that I cannot wait to share. Um, but uh, till then, Matt,
1: good stuff, man. Yeah, of course, yes, very exciting things coming to Eckler's Edge this season. But for now, that's gonna do it for us today. If it's a social media app, Yahoo Fantasy is there at Yahoo Fantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm on social media, I guess uh, begrudgingly. <laughs> I'm at Matt Harmon underscore byb you can get me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, not on TikTok though. The, don't don't bother uh, Austin though you could definitely get him on social media at Austin Eckler uh, definitely uh, great great Austin just great pages just great social I appreciate media it, man. pages. thank
0: you thank you I try I try
1: in the meantime if you want to see what Austin looks like when he shaves his eyebrows uh, <laughs> in, in, at the end of the season <laughs> when the Lions have two top 15 running backs I feel like Austin's about I mean if that happens he's gonna lose our number we're not gonna be able to find him oh, uh, you can watch the show though on youtube at yahoo sports tomorrow we continue convictions week on the podcast dan titus of yahoo makes his debut journey on the show he's going to join me to identify this year's biggest busts oh man i mean shout out to dan i'm like what do you want for your first episode i'll take busts really putting himself on the line there i'm sure that's not going to cause a stir at all until then we're out